You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hey everyone, welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and with me today is Kelly and Daniel. Today's car ride's worth of content is about something we all know is important, but sometimes we don't necessarily connect its importance to being a successful leader in youth ministry, and that is prioritizing your own faith. But before we get started, I need to ask my favorite question. What are you guys loving? Well, Allie, you know that I talk about my gym all the time. All the time. All the time. And I have a favorite trainer there. His name's Danny. And he's from England. Um, so he he's just a great uh, trainer. He really knows what he's talking about. And he's fun. And he pushes us. Um, and he's also what we call around here our one day. Mm. Um, he's my one day. Mm. And we say um, there's that person in your life that you just hope one day you can get back to church. I, I don't know that he's actually ever had church in his life or had much of a religious background or had people in his life who talked about God's presence. Um, but he's my person that I want to get to come. Have you invited him yet? I've invited him a few times. I tried to get him to come on Father's Day. Uh-huh. Is he a father? He is, he's a new father. His Aww. first daughter is about mm, six or eight months old. Oh, we had Aww. bacon. I know. I told him we got, we're giving away bacon on Father's Day. And that doesn't to be get you to church. What a will? Weekend, <laughs> I know. Happened to be a weekend that I was giving the message. Oh, yeah. Um, so he would have known me. And he actually sounded like he might come, but he didn't. He didn't. So I'm going to keep trying. Okay. Keep trying. He's to blame Great. when you come so in you all your sweaty yep. in the morning to work. <laughs> yeah. I am loving surfing right now. I tried it for the first time. Ooh. I only got up once, but I see why people love it. You get up once and you just like, get me back out there. I want to try it again. So I love surfing. That's awesome. I don't think I could ever surf. It's so fun. Where were it's you hitting the waves? Exhausting. Uh, in Duck, North Carolina. Were the waves big? No. Okay. Well, that's... I don't think I would ever do big waves. I know. That's what's so scary about it. No, they're pretty small. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm loving HGTV, like all the flip shows and fixer upper. I love that stuff. And my parents just redid their house, did a total flip of their own. And so I went with them through that whole process, looking at all the little details. And I just got to see it all come to fruition. It's beautiful. So I'm loving all that stuff. It's so cool to me. I love HGTV. I know. Love it. Such a chick channel. No? No, Daniel, well, you like some it, good right? shows on there. I like some men. shows. It's, it's definitely a chick Property channel. Property Brothers. But... I don't like Property Bears that much. I actually like Fixer Upper is my favorite show. Fixer yeah. Even though there's no new episodes anymore. I still yeah. watch the reruns. They're coming back on though. Are they? Yeah. Wow. That's what I heard. That's the rumor. Very exciting. <laughs> I hope it's true. My, one of my bucket list items is to flip a house sometime in my life. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. So you I'm, need to watch I have it no to learn. no experience doing any of oh, that you stuff. Can do it. But you can do it. I think it'd yeah. be fun. It's awesome. Okay, well, other than HGTV, we're going to be talking about leaders prioritizing their own faith and their faith journey. Yeah, so we gave a message series this year where we talked about um, friendship, and one of our bottom lines for a message was we become our friends. We don't become like our friends. Um, It's even more extreme than that. We actually said we become our friends. Um, the people that we spend time with influence our outlook and our actions, and they really change 
who we are as people. So when we talk about um, a small group of people, whether it's all adults or it's you leading a small group of teenagers, you will become like the people that you spend your time with. And that includes your small group. Um, so you learn from them just as much if you're their leader as they learn from you. Uh, it might be things like you purchase a video game that they mention um, because you're trying to learn from them and your nephew has a birthday or you start using an app that they show you. So your example to them um, goes the opposite way too. So your example is going to speak loudest. And uh, because of that, you don't want to forget about your own faith. Um, so it's so important for them that you live out your faith, but it's important for you too. I think <clears throat> the temptation when you're leading a small group of teenagers is to think that that's enough, that you don't have to be doing anything else to be healthy and growing in your faith um, because you're giving that time, that hour or two or maybe three a week. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really important to prioritize the other parts of your um, your week with the opportunities you can give yourself to grow and continue growing because you aren't a small group leader exclusively on Sundays or whatever night that you have your program. We have ours on Sunday evenings, but you're a small group leader all the time. Um, so this is really what we're talking about is the time that you're away from your small group. Have you ever seen your small group oh, teens outside goodness. of a lot of times, a lot of times. I'm trying to think of where I've, I've seen them. I mean, because I have kids, I have two boys their age. I see them at various events, various sporting events. Hi, Miss Kelly. Hi, Miss Kelly. I, I did see a group of my girls at Chipotle a couple weeks ago during school <laughs> hours, and they were eating lunch, and they were so nervous. I was going to tell their parents they were out of school, but I didn't even know that they were supposed to be in school. I just thought, oh, school must have ended. Mm. So yeah, I see them out. I see them out a lot. So yeah, you do You do have to keep that in mind. Like when you make that commitment early on, you're committing to being a small group leader all the time, not just for that hour or two that you're with them. Yeah, I saw my girls at a concert. Oh, dear. Girls, and we figured out we were sitting right by each other and stuff, but I was out just with my friends on a mm -hmm. Saturday night, and I run into my ninth oh grade girl, my. a couple of my ninth grade girls, so <laughs> that's a definitely yeah. half year. Better be on your best behavior. Yeah, you never know when you're going to run into people. No, it was fun to see them. But <laughs> yeah, a concert could be one of those iffy situations yeah. if yeah. you've been out with friends and you've had some drinks or drinks, something. Definitely. And, yeah. So you're, you're always on as a small group leader. Um, and this kind of, if, if you want to see the things in your small group members, you have to be living them out yourself, not just even when you see them, but all of the time, you got to be working on those things in your own life. So if you want to see your teens have healthy relationships, they need to be able to see that in you. If you want them to have good boundaries, they need to see it in you. If you want them to be confident in who God made them to be, they need to be able to see evidence of that in the way that you're living your life. But you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be taking your next steps and being authentic. Teens have one of the best fake detectors, um, more so, I think, than even adults sometimes. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. They can totally detect if you're inauthentic. You're telling them one thing, but you're living another way. And I don't know if there's a whole lot that teens dislike more than hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, they can spot it very easily. And eventually, you know, once you get to know your group a little bit, they're just going to start asking you questions. Like, so even if, you know, if, even if you think you're living it out, living out your faith, 
they're going to start asking you questions about it too. Well, what did you do? Well, did you mm-hmm. have sex before you got married? I mean, they would just go there. Mm-hmm. They will ask you anything because they do. Once you get to know them, they do look up to you. So again, you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be honest, but you don't have to answer a question like that. No. Yeah. Completely inappropriate. And My they, girls ask me that all the time. They often <laughs> look for reasons to doubt adults and disengage. They push boundaries. That's what teenagers are really good at yeah. doing. Definitely. Well, something we talk about around here a lot are our steps or our next steps. And that's something we reiterate to our small group leaders as well. And I know Kelly is our expert at our next steps here at Nativity. So she'll talk a little bit about what that really means and how we encourage our leaders to do that. Yeah. So we we encourage all of our community to always be taking their next step in faith. And we have um, sort of, we spent a long time, we spent about a year coming up with these steps. They're, they're nothing new. We didn't like create them, but we spent about a year talking about um, what we wanted, uh, what we thought discipleship looked like based on, you know, b- biblically and based on what some other churches were doing, based on what Jesus said. And so, you know, your next step in faith is going to be different than mine. Like my next step should be, I think, to get in a small group. I'm not in an adult small group. So, that would be my next step. Um, what's your next step, Allie? I'll put you on the spot. I know. I feel like that's probably okay, I'll come back mine to you. too. Oh, to get in a small group? Yeah. Okay. So not in one. Daniel? Well, I have to get in a small group too. I was in one, but mine kind of disintegrated. I was in yeah. one from, from, my, my, yeah, from yeah. Idaho. Yeah. And I was just teleconferencing in. But So now you're going to get into a Maryland small group? <clears> I, think? Think, I think so. Okay. Baltimore. A Balmer one. Okay. So we always have a next step in our faith. And here at Nativity, we have an acronym for those next steps just to make them really um, clear and and easy to understand. And so each of these next steps encompasses um, some something that a disciple would do. So STEPS is the acronym. The S stands for serve. And so we want all of our members to be serving in a ministry. And so if you are running a youth ministry program, then your leaders are already taking this step. They're serving in youth ministry. Fantastic. So that's a step that they've taken. The T stands for tithe. And obviously tithe means to give to the local church. And so that isn't something that we talk to our leaders about. That's something that they hear about at mass if we're, we're talking about the steps at mass. And so that's not something we really encourage and youth ministry, but uh, the larger church um, talks about that more. The E stands for engage in a small group. So that's my next step and Allie's and Daniel's apparently. Oh my gosh. So we're meant to be in relationship with other believers. And this is the step that will help us get there. And when we say engage in a small group, and I think we're going to talk about this in a future episode, there's engaging in a small group, leading one for you know, one of our student programs. But what we're talking about is engaging oh, in a yeah. small group for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not necessarily leading one, but engaging in a small group of, it's a peer community. Right. So yeah. if you're leading teens, that would not be your small group. Yeah. The win for small group is that, that you would have some life change, that you would come to know Jesus in a, in a bigger way, that you would come to be a better disciple. And you can do that it, with your teen small group, but, but really where serving, it's going to happen. Really. Yeah, that's, that's the S. Yeah. It's not the... Right. It's really going to happen in in an adult small group with peers. 
The P in step stands for practice prayer and sacraments. So that includes going to mass and going to confession and having a regular um, practice of prayer, which I'm working on that one as well. Um, I need to go to confession. Speaking of that. But it's personal prayer too. So yeah. journaling, reading your Bible, yeah. rosary, all those sort of things. And then finally, uh, the last S in steps, which is one that's probably pretty hard for us Catholics, is to share our faith or to evangelize. And so um, we've kind of stolen the, the theory, theory, the method that North Point uses, North Point Community Church in Atlanta, where their um, kind of strategy, that's the word I'm looking for, strategy for sharing faith is to invest and invite, to invest in a friendship with someone like Daniel's trainer, and then when the time is right, to invite them to church. So when we say share faith, we don't necessarily mean you have to tell them, you know, the salvation story while you're having coffee. I mean, it could be, maybe. Um, That would be fine, too. But for some people, they're not ready to hear that yet. And so invest and invite is our strategy for that. So those are the steps. Serve, tithe, engage in a small group, practice prayer and sacraments, and share your faith. Now you've got me thinking about all of them. Mine's going. And you don't ever do all of them at once, I don't think, at any point in your life. You might, you know, have a good prayer practice, and you might be tithing, you might be serving and engaging in a small group, um, and then you're sharing. But it's not like you're taking every single step at once. Right. And, and there's no one, order one to it. No order. Mm-hmm. They're not meant to be checked off and be done. Yeah. You know, you might be serving in youth ministry and your time might end at some point where you're just not into that anymore or, you know, you're burned out and you go serve somewhere else. Maybe mm-hmm. it's in a local mission or something like that. So it's like yeah, a you're stair never done. master. Stairs just keep coming. <laughs> yep. Steps just keep coming. It's a good analogy. <laughs> and if the... Adults that we have, if you are engaging in your own spiritual growth, if you're taking your next steps, then teens are far more likely to do it. And the reality that we see around us is that many parents aren't yet taking those next steps. But if they see their teens doing it, the parents are far more likely to do it as well. And so it's this ripple effect, but it begins with us taking care of our own spiritual well-being and taking our next steps. And the best kind of habit or the best kind of prayer for any of these things that we're talking about is when you make them a habit. Um, You don't worry so much about what you're doing, particularly, as long as you're doing something, um, because the power is really in the commitment and the regularity. Um, It shows that you value it if you're beginning to take those next steps. Yeah, definitely. So where, guys, have we seen a win with this, someone prioritizing their own faith as a leader? One of our favorite ministers, his name is Eric, and he is an ops minister for us. So that means he helps with our cafe and our setup and our um, flipping the space and cleaning up at the end of the night. And he does a lot of other things as well. But a few years ago, Eric really wasn't part of our church at all. And he got roped in because his dad runs our food service, our cafe ministry and works for us here. And so I think at some point his dad said, hey, I need some help with this project. Come down and help me. And Eric did, and he liked it. And he started by serving. So that was his first step. He wasn't going to mass. He wasn't doing any of the other steps. He wasn't even really engaging with people. He would come in and do the work like a boss, and then Mm -hmm. he'd be gone. He's a worker. Yeah. 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 And eventually 
he started to really like it. And so he, he started serving with both student programs, our middle school and high school programs, Resurrection and Uprising. And then he started slowly to kind of get back into going to mass Mm -hmm. and receiving the Eucharist. And now you can find him all over Nativity. He serves in our student programs, but he's here doing um, all kinds of different ops work during the week. And he knows all the ins and outs of our cafe program and helps his dad with that. Um, And he'll do whatever we ask him for our student ministry. But it started with just that little step of, hey, come help with this project. Come, And I don't think they use the word serve even. Just come help me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you come help us do the cafe and student ministry? Now I can't imagine nativity student programs without him. Eric's our go-to guy. He's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on Uprising. We love you. Join us next time when we talk about the crucial though sometimes exhausting members of your student ministry, which are the parents.